0: podcast, HIT, Human Resources, Insurance, and Technology. I'm your host, Toby Kennedy. We are dropping into your feed every week with what I hope is a bite-sized, digestible, fun conversation in the space of Human Resources, Insurance, and Technology. This week's weekly hit is brought to you by Montage Insurance Solutions. And without any further ado, I'm so excited when I get to have these these hit chats, these chit-chats. And I am bringing in a person that is, uh, I, I, I was going to say like a, a, someone I, I really admire professionally, but someone who also I have known for years and consider a dear, dear, dear friend, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. Hello.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. Um, and, you know, we were just uh, catching up a second um, before before we're rolling And. You know, you're one of those people where it's like, hey, where are you? You're like, "Ah, United Airlines Terminal 3. Like, I'm I'm always like, I'm running, I'm here, (laughs) I'm there. And so, uh, you know, when I catch up today, I go, hey, where are you? Oh, no big deal. Uh, You know, I just happen to be, I'm getting inducted into the Credit Union Hall of Fame.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I'm coming at you live from New Hampshire. Really exciting. And yeah, tomorrow I'll be part of the Her Story, uh, part of the America's Canadian Museum. Very excited.
0: That's unbelievable. I well, it's believable if you know, mm-hmm. anyone knows you and all the things you've accomplished, but that's outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I feel very honored. Yeah, and maybe that's a decent, you know, sort of on ramp into just letting the audience know a little bit about you. And if I can just kind of ask you to give me the uh the ten cent tour of uh Brandy's resume and and, and how someone gets to a place where the credit union museum hall of fame's uh, tapping you on the shoulder. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I have been working in credit union industry for 20 years. Don't tell me when I'm that old. And I have worked inside of credit as well as in a supportive role today. I work with strategic advisory solutions and we do uh, strategic consulting, executive coaching, and working with institutions to help them be the best versions of themselves. But as far as the journey, I actually tried to join the Peace Corps and ended up in Mexico translating uh, credit union. Member education modules into Spanish, yeah, predates Google Translate if you believe, if you believe it. And so it was one of those moments of I found my passion, I found the place that I was intended to be. And you know, fast forward, here we are.
0: That's amazing. Um, so we first met kind of on the speaking circuit. Um, I was doing some kind of technical talks. The affordable character just sort of rolled out and. Uh, folks needed some coaching up on that. And uh, you were regularly a keynote speaker at places I was talking that were uh, smart enough to find you, get a hold of you and bring you out. I'm curious if in all the years that you've kind of been talking and speaking, all the many things you've spoken on, what are some things that really kind of like talk to your heart and that you really love speaking to audiences about? Mm, that's a really
1: fun question. And first of all, you're fantastic speaker. And anybody that doesn't know or hasn't had the chance to see you out there, you're amazing. And you make things that are horrifically boring, really interesting. God bless. Good episode. Thanks, guys. All
0: right, that's all the time we have.
1: and that's true of what you're doing here on the podcast as well i think that having these updates in hr and having these updates in insurance technology and doing it in a way that's like you said bite-sized and consumable is just it's a it's a really brilliant idea so kudos to you on that thank you some of the topics that i absolutely love are emotional intelligence for Mm. one that is something that i've been studying for a really long time and it really speaks to the hearts and the minds of the human beings that we work with and i love to talk to people about how we can have Increased self-awareness and self-regulation and how that that translates into empathy and becomes social intelligence in a sense and so emotional intelligence is right up there but then there's some fun topics like i love to do all staff days energizing service driven cultures telling people how to kick ass and get off their ass and can i cut
0: your Uh, yeah no you can you're we good. Just, am I going
1: to get bleeped in the, hit, in the hit
0: here? You know what's so, funny uh, is that I'm going to do unnecessary bleeps along the way that made it seem like <laughs> you said things that it were way worse. Yeah, yeah, good times. So, you know, it's funny that you kind of are, are mentioning the topics you're mentioning because I think that one of what I've perceived to be a great strength of yours is that you have an HR acumen, you have an HR uh, uh, understanding but a lot of what you do is so much bigger and more strategic, right? It's it's real sea level and, and, and even like looking out and helping groups strategically plan. So I think that, um, you know, I'd be curious to hear you talk about that kind of a mix and maybe, you know, for people that are interested in, you know, getting a seat at that sort of a table or kind of how you approach um, that kind of blend of two, what can often be distinct and different uh, things coming together in one individual.
1: It is officially strategic planning season so it's the time of year where most organizations are having those conversations and depending on the industry that your listeners and followers are from it could be a required thing that the board of directors and executives go through or it could be something that's just good business right and so conducting this strategic perspective or overlook of what's happening in the organization, setting goals for the future, making sure we're aligned and have a shared vision and, and working together towards what it is that we want to accomplish for our membership, our client base, et cetera. So with that though, HR traditionally hasn't necessarily been part of those conversations, even though let's be real, the people are the most important thing that we have within our organization, the intellectual assets, the, the, the minds. And I, I, I believe now a lot of industries are progressing in that way, and we do have chief HR officers, we do have chief experience or chief uh, employee uh, officers that are at the table, and if not, we need to be continuing to push to have those conversations. And big picture though, having having your HR or your people at 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 the table of strategy is critical because as we grow, any mechanisms that we have for growth are going to require the infrastructure in order to to allow that, to have that thrive. And so as we think about branching strategies or retail strategies or things out in, in the industry, it includes the people. And anymore today, it's really about engagement of those people. And so we have individuals being the best versions of them as well. So they can accomplish the goals of the organization for us.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, when you, it's you're talking about, uh, you know, chief of human resources and how that's sort of uh, maybe kind of newish or, or when you talk, you know, bigger picture. Right. Um, and that t- I would tether that to, when you talked earlier about one of the things you really enjoyed, you know, kind of the emotional aspect and connecting with folks. And, and I almost bring all that together uh, to drop in when we're saying strategy, you know, I want to go down a DEI track with you as well, because I know that that's something that, um, you know, you really have not only passion for, but a lot of, of expertise in. And I feel like it weaves into like, speaking of things that companies are, you know, cluing into and speaking of good strategic decisions. So maybe can I can I ask you to give me, you know, kind of your thoughts on that trajectory?
1: I'm thankful, grateful, happy that DEI is is a topic of conversation for most industries and organizations it took some wild social injustice in 2020 for us to be forcing this it's an interference fit it's in some in some places of that there's something that many organizations have been talking about for years right diversity equity inclusion making sure that we have a diverse perspective understanding look and feel demographics within our organization equity and how that comes across and making sure that we're leveling the playing field and then in, of course creating an environment that fosters inclusion where people feel safe feel that they can be engaged feel that they can then prosper within our organizations i think that if if you are listening and you aren't having this conversation you need to be right but i'm also a realist in this i'll work with organizations that are in really rural areas, and they say, in this area, we only have this specific type of individual, okay, well, then make sure that we have the diversity within that. Or if we have a field of membership or a field of clients that is of this particular mix of demographics, then your board, executive teams, employees should reflect that, right? If you have, if you're serving areas that primarily or only speak English, although in the state of California, really, that those places don't exist, But if you do have a client base that only speaks English, then you don't have to force having Spanish speakers on your team. If you serve a client base that's all 50 years old plus, then forcing a 20-year-old to be part of the board of directors isn't isn't necessary. However, if you do have a diverse outlook, a diverse future client base, a diverse future membership, or an existing diverse membership, and you don't have that, you need to be asking why, right? So I say if they're... Uh, Typically, women make up a good portion of your workforce and or client base, and if you don't have women on your executive team, why? If you don't have LGBTQ+, part of your executive team, part of your employees, why? And if we don't have different colors of epidermis on our teams and on our, our leadership and senior executive teams, Why? Because these individuals exist and they're highly valuable to the organization. They're going to represent your membership. And sometimes that answer why could be that we aren't working hard enough to promote, recruit, and get people involved. Or there might be mechanisms, barriers to entry that are in place that we don't know are there. There's all these things kind of get this, these balls rolling and then to push ourselves a little bit closer towards an inclusive environment.
0: What about someone who's listening to this, you know, screaming at the radio going, yes, yes, absolutely yes. But how, mm-hmm. how, how, how do I do that in my organization? Right. What, what would you say to that person?
1: I think the very first step would be to ensure that we have, uh, we have like approval and that's a hard word too, but just support uh, all across the organization. So if we need to be having this conversation in our boardrooms and our executive team meetings, you know, all the way down. And so once we have kind of some support all the way across, because if not, that's where you start, right? Start is start as getting that support, pushing that message into those into those meetings. But once you have support, then I love for organizations to do a bit of a, a reflection, an assessment to find out where we're at. Pull some stats, pull some analytics. If you're in HR, you're doing some of this anyway, right? And having the conversation of where are we as far as these diversity Pieces, what diversity demographics and diversity of thought capacity you know experience are, are important to us as an organization where we want to go and then where we are finding about what that gap is and then pushing into policy I think policy is always the next step any infrastructure things that are in place that could be getting in our way and or would help promote our strategy and efforts so looking at um, employment practices looking at personnel policies looking at operational policies, and anything that we can in that way. And then from the policy education. So in, in getting subject matter experts in the door, a, championing our staff, allowed create committees within the organization to just start having conversations and start listening to one another. And and yeah, and then I think we will go well on our way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I, I dived right in because I'm always just so uh, fascinated by some of the, the uh, all the things you have to say. And there's other places where I can hear things you have to say. You run your own podcast, Brandy. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I do,
1: indeed.
0: To a recent episode. Yeah, we're where we're talking... up
1: to no good right now, too. It's called the Strategic Hotbox, and we're launching season five, if you believe it. And you, of course, were there for me in my very first episode. No one better to pick up the phone and say, I want to do this weird thing. Are you in? And you just saying yes before you had any idea what it is that I was up to. But, yeah, we're, we're running strong, and... Uh, we're have some fun, exciting new guests that are racing cars and crashing things and racing boats and all sorts of things. So we pull together leaders from all different industries and, and talk about ways that we can learn from one another, ways that we can love. And then of course, leaving people with those tools to kick ass.
0: Yeah. You know, you talk about bringing a lot of people together and that was one of the questions I had for you. And this you know, what are some of the interesting conversations that you can recall from some of your episodes?
1: hmm we were talking about how hard it is to have employees in my last episode that we filmed last week and I'm sure we could all relate to that all of your listeners can relate to that I would get so much more done if I didn't have if I didn't have employees right you think about that in the fact that it takes time it takes um, energy it takes effort as a leader to to not only delegate but to be there to empower and to guide and to motivate and to get out of the way to allow people to, to pushed themselves. And that is a big difficult piece of, of being a leader, being in business. And so we were talking a little bit about the, you know, the pain in the ass <laughs> are and have can be,
0: I have a buddy, I don't know.
1: I don't know how to, how to say that anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a buddy who's a soccer coach and I may have told the story before, but he, uh, he goes, honestly, Toby, if I could find 18 orphans, it'd be the greatest team I ever to coach. Cause I wouldn't have to deal with the parents. Right. And I go, that's really mm. funny. You say that. Because I can, I can find an analogy to business where you're talking about this thing that I want to do, this thing that I'm trying to do is made so much more difficult by the humans, right? This aspect of humans that makes it more difficult. And sometimes I feel like from a business standpoint, you could feel that way about employees, right?
1: Exactly. And I think it's really just motivating because so often it's easier to find people that are similar to us. Right. kind of tying it back to our DEI discussion. Right. But we want to have that diversity of thought and that diversity of opinion. And when you do that, it makes us all better, but it can be more difficult. And so it's it's really uh, pulling together a team of people that, that we're willing to give ourselves to. And that's something that I know for myself as a leader, I need to spend more time coaching and leading and delegating and and doing some of those things—that stuff that I make money on—you know—I don't implement it by myself on my on my own life, right?
0: Well, the the cobbler's <laughs> son has no shoes. But uh, speaking of things right, you make, right. you make money on—you've wrote a book, a great book, uh, and it was, I think, very practical. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to not only you know maybe plug the book here, but also mention you know one or two things from the book that uh, you know you recommend for employers, or that jump out at you, or that were really like you know I, I love the whole book, but this part, Toby, I really want to touch on right now.
1: Uh, The book is called The Strategic MVP. It's co-written with Mark C. Thompson, and it is 52 executive coaching exercises to help get yourself and your team energized and pushing forward into the future. So they can be done weekly or you can do them in spurts. It is very practical kind of workbook style book uh, that's available what I love about the book is it's broken into sections and it's first about an individual leadership pro forma, right? So we create pro formas in business all the time. We're executing on a new product. We're taking something to market. We're doing a branch and we'll think, how is this going to make me money over the next little bit? And we rarely do that with our leadership. How are we going to get better? How are we focusing on ourselves? How are we going to continue to contribute to the organization? And so it starts in that perspective. And then we talk about the most valuable resource, time. And what we can do with that time, and manage through that time, and our energy that comes with that, and then focusing on the future and how to get better. And I keep it sassy, like like <laughs> I always do, and pushing everybody to get over it, to get up, make things happen, and do better.
0: Right on. Um, you know, I want to close by asking you if you know you could talk directly to an audience member out there who's saying, "Hey." I'm in human resources. I'm really interested in, you know, the, the strategy and the thoughtfulness of, of, of Dr. Brandy Stankovic here. I'd love for her to give me a piece of advice on, on you know, growing my career or, you know, a takeaway.
1: Hmm. Well, if it's somebody in human resources, I think that, first of all, thank you for all that you do for your organization and give yourself And I would imagine that there's probably going to be a moment where you need to make sure that you're giving that same focus, love and energy to yourself. So think about yourself, think about your own health and your own time and your own mental capacity, because when you are managing people and organizations, then just make sure we take care of ourselves. Health is a freedom that very few realize until they no longer have it. And so the more that we can as human resource officers, uh, take care of ourselves while we're taking care of others. I think that that's powerful. The second part of your question in thinking about strategy is always the big picture. It's not just about the employees or about yourself, it's about how is this going to impact the organization. And sometimes we have to uh, put aside the, the needs of the employees to think about how this is going to impact the overall business growth. And it is a decision sometimes to, to balance between the two of
0: those. That's phenomenal advice. Unsurprisingly, phenomenal advice. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your time today. Uh, check out the Strategic Hotbox. Find the Strategic MVP. Find Dr. Brandy Stankovic on uh, you know LinkedIn and all the socials out there. And uh, we just appreciate you so much, Brandy. Thank you for coming out.
1: Thank you very much, and congratulations.
0: <laughs> Great to have you out. That's all the time we have for this week. Until next week, make this the best week yet.